everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Flamingo Silhouette. We'll call it um, Panthro's Introspectives. I'll be doing a series of interviews, kind of uh, change the format up a little bit. We're still going to do the regular shows, which we record on Friday nights. But uh, this week, I have a special guest featuring a good friend of mine, Spectre's Rings. And uh, we're going to have a bit of a debate about uh, Spider-Man 3 versus Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I have the unpopular opinion that Spider-Man 3 is actually the best Spider-Man film. And uh, this guy sitting next to me thinks that it is the worst, of course, which is a po- very popular opinion. And I also think that it, it's it's actually up there with Dark Knight Rises as far as terrible third entries of franchises go. I am nodding my head silently in complete agreement with everything you just said because you're right everyone agrees Spider-Man 3 sucks and you're an intelligent man I respect your opinion you know I want to take what you say seriously I just feel as if I can't tell if you're trolling me with your opinion on this movie or if you are just rooting for the underdog or just some random aspect of it spoke to you in like a John Waters camp sort of way because Spider-Man 3 wow was uh that was something. Do you like any of the Spider-Man movies? I'm talking Raimi only. Yes, actually. Um I was cool with the first one, and the second one actually kinda impressed me in certain ways. And so to see three be the way it was after two, it was just like a huge dip in ambition. Qual okay, maybe not ambition, but quality, effort, like it coherence. Yeah, I think that might be the biggest problem of all. Wow, that, uh, that third movie was something, but we'll get into it. Was it just too much going on for you? To say the least. Uh, uh, to, 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 for me, I guess I could start with explaining why it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I like. I should say to start off with, like, I like Raimi. I think Drag Me to Hell is a, is a great, campy horror movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. And I, I, think, I think it's really hard to do uh, a good PG-13 horror movie, but mm-hmm. he, he pulled it off. And it has a demon goat, which is great. <laughs> you can't you can't say all that in the movie at the same time, but it's PB thirteen horror and has a demon goat. True story. I will add to you uh, to your praise of that movie. I saw that movie in theaters with a good friend of mine, and there was a part where I believe that she was being followed by like a ghost or a premonition or something, and there was a handkerchief, and it like brushed against the car window. Mm-hmm. I literally jumped out of my seat from a handkerchief brushing against a car window. That's yeah, how yeah, good yeah. Sam Raimi was directing that movie. It's, it's in my top five movies with uh, Romany Curses, aside from uh, <laughs> Thinner. <laughs> Thinner's number one, right? But anyway, we're going on a tangent. Let's, let's, get, let's get back to Spider-Man 3. Uh, all, so Raimi has like a, a style of like camp to his films, and I feel like the Spider-Man movies definitely don't like that. Yeah, that's present in all the movies, and it has like a kind of uh, a daytime TV show esque quality to it, with with the directing style and like the zooms and like Aunt May going, "Oh, please help me!" <laughs> Especially in Spider Man Two, which is regarded by many as one of the greatest cave films of our time. I would agree. Not by me at all. Uh, like I can start with like the effects of dated as hell right now. Uh, Doc Ock uh, talking to his tentacles I thought was like a thing that's like it's good in concept but it's one of those things that if, if you've read the comics ever you'd never do that and I can tell Raimi is probably not the biggest Spider-Man fan at all it just sounds kind of like a cool idea and gimmick to, to have him have voices and things like that but all, all the films are campy 
I find the humor falls flat in all the films and it's full of tears. You can say that about all the films. And I think by the time Spider-Man 3 rolled around, at that point I had kind of accepted that these movies are crap, campy, with terrible, terrible humor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to see Spider-Man doing much, but I'm going to see Peter and his friends, villains, and everyone crying a lot. So at, <laughs> at, at, at that point I accepted, like, hey, this is, that's what these movies are. I'm ready. This isn't your grandma, Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, so I accepted them for what they were and that's when I found this one to enjoy the franchise so that's why I enjoy Spider-Man 3 the conclusion of the film ends with literally everyone crying and holding each other <laughs> the villain cries the hero cries the girlfriend cries they were just relieved that it was all finally over they, yeah everybody cried yeah you know I'm not going to disagree with a lot of what you said there is some truth to what you've said there is somewhat of an underlying campy tone to Sam Raimi's <coughs> entire film repertoire to be honest um, when it comes to the Spider-Man series, I mean, let's think about it though. This was post X-Men, post Blade. This was to be the, the very infancy of the renaissance of the comic movie. So there still wasn't really a set tone at the time for what constituted like, you know, a comic book movie you took seriously. And Spider-Man was such an outlandish concept to begin with. Like, I mean, you can't play it straight. Like if it was hundred percent dramatic, like, you know, okay, fine. There was a lot of waterworks. I'll give you that. But I guess Raimi did need to kind of bring up the tone a bit to, you know, really get the comic book vibe and to really make it appeal and to really make it pop and so on and so forth. Yeah, okay, the the effects are dated, especially part one. God, those are terrible graphics. I could not agree with you more. Two, decent. But, I mean, that's, you know, any movie of the time had wildly varying levels of, you know, CGI quality. It just depended on if they had a decent VFX artist. Um, when it comes to three, I will give you one thing. The special effects in that were pretty, were pretty baller. I will give you that. Sandman, the scene where Sandman became Sandman, was awesome. I will give you that. Yep, looks like the mummy. It's great. I, <laughs> you're not helping your argument, but <laughs> no. Um, okay, I will give you that. Um, that's true. There's some there's some truth to that. But the only thing I have to say in my defense is the first one trying to establish a tone, kind of lighthearted. The second one, I felt. Raise the stakes, just basically built off of all the stuff they'd already set up from the first half. It was just more payoff than anything than setup. And I think that's why that really affected a lot of people as far as being caught in the narrative. Plus, it actually had pathos and a little bit of depth as far as interpersonal relationships. <coughs> yeah, there was a huge emphasis on waterworks. You can call him Waterman by the end part three. I don't, I ain't gonna lie. But I can see where you're coming from where you're saying if the whole series is just like, you know, this hot mess or whatever that can't figure itself out. By the time it gets to the third one, at least give me the most bang for my buck. At least just go all out. At least don't be half-assed stupid. Be all the way stupid. Yeah. I so, can't I can't jump with you on that shit, but I see where you're going. I mean, it's not that I don't feel like these movies shouldn't be lighthearted in, in tone. Because that's what Spider-Man is. He's 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 a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He makes jokes. He uh, he makes he quip he quips a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't I don't want to try to fool anybody and then like Marvel superheroes, all superheroes is 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 just it, it, it is it is a drama with capes and lasers. That's it, it's exactly the same. It it's is, true, but it is directed just like Days of Our Lives. There's a whole lot of there's a whole <laughs> lot of monologues of people looking like directly at like a little bit off to the camera and doing a monologue. Mm. And I, I don't I don't care about that, man. I mean, it's okay. I, I do want to like try try an attempt to feel for the characters, mm-hmm. but I, I just ain't really connected with anybody in the movies. I'm like, where is Spider Man? Where is Spider? I felt I felt like J. Jonah Jameson. I'm like, where is? I need pictures. I need pictures of Spider Man now. Get them on my desk because I don't see any Spider Man in this movie. Also, the, uh, the the casting was horrible except for J. Jonah Jameson. Peter is like 45 years old. 
What is this? It's true. So for Grace, also terrible casting. Oh, geez. Mary Jane is supposed to be a model. She's like some sort of snaggletoothed. Uh, oh, uh, she's she's a snaggletoothed uh, red red toothpick. Oh my god, that's what she is in this movie. She's not an attractive woman. She can open cans with her teeth. Oh man, damn! Get, get braces, woman. Damn, ball, cold blooded. Yeah, that's yeah, what you are yeah. right now. No, but I'm, what, what I'm saying is that she wasn't an attractive woman. I didn't appreciate that. Okay, my only rebuke to all that is different strokes for different folks. I think Kirsten Dunst is a cutie. Ain't gonna lie about it, cute. But the point is, she's cute. I mean, no, I, I don't mean to sound like sexist. Like I'm like <laughs> women, are, women, ugly women don't belong on television. I don't, I don't mean to say that. That's not what I mean to say. It's, a, yeah, it's just that no. it's just that how Mary Jane is typically portrayed does not reflect Kirsten Dunst. That's part, okay. Doesn't reflect that. We'll be. We'll just we'll play to facts. That's what I, that's what I on mean a technical say. point. She's not model material, <clears throat> but she is very beautiful in very particular ways. And some other stuff. You were just really hitting some nails on the head. Um, I completely agree with you. Jay Jonah Jameson was perfectly cast. He's even so perfectly cast that they've recast him as Jay Jonah Jameson in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon now. Yeah, out of continuity with the own reboot that's coming in 2017. So he could very well also be J. Jonah Jameson in the new Marvel Spider-Man. I hope he is. That would be effing fantastic. And then Topher Grace is by far even a worse choice for Venom than uh, to- than uh, Tobey Maguire was for Spider-Man. Yes, those two were terrible. I like Topher. I like Topher Grace. I like Tobey Maguire. Just not in those roles. Venom is supposed to be cool, man. He's supposed to be cool. He was a big dude named Eddie Brock, and he fucking just dominated, and he was, like, the alpha male, and he he was this, he was that, he was passive, you know, vaguely witty, you know, not, like, you know, threateningly handsome, Topher Grace, really, really. That's all I have to say, man, it's just really, dot, 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 question mark. I have to talk about Harry in Spider-Man 3. He was um, my favorite, probably my favorite character of the entire franchise. Oh, dear God. But when he gets... In another uh, Desert Realize-esque storyline, gets a bump on the noggin <laughs> and gets amnesia. And you're defending Spider-Man 3 for including this because... It's hilarious. Lee bad. Like, like I said, like I said, the whole franchise is bad. None of these movies are good. This movie go, goes like, jumps over the shark mm-hmm. and, and it's just like, hey, this is like a scary movie parody of Spider-Man. That's what this is. <laughs> There's dancing emo Spider-Man and at one point... Harry Osborne says, Mary Jane's lips taste like strawberries, which I thought was a cold line. <laughs> this, this, was, this was like Nas to Jay-Z level level right right here. Mm-hmm. That, that was Ethan right there. He's like, he's like you traded your, soul for, your souls for riches, you tie boho, and Mary Jane's lips taste like strawberries, which I thought was amazing. And then the bus drives by, and he disappears like a goblin ninja. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that part. That was hilarious. Okay. So I had the most fun watching Spider-Man. Okay, movie. hold up, hold up. First of all, you're right. That was some harsh shit to be saying. Second of all, James Franco. Let's be real for a minute. Can you <coughs> really take him seriously as a villain, let alone an actor? Franco, are you bad from the Franco? I like Franco a lot in the Judd Apatow comedies. But him as Harry Osborn, I never bought to begin with. And then you got that Days of Our Lives bullshit where you had the amnesia bump to the head. Which I thought was insane that that was included in a movie in modern day without the entire crew collectively just being like, why? And then, oh God, where did, uh, I'm not going to rant, just that was stupid. That was dumb. 
That was unnecessary. That padded the movie by an extra half an hour for an unnecessary convoluted plot twist that didn't need to happen to begin with. And then you're going to hit some other points. I'm just going to let you get to them. But wow, that... Wow. Um, I mean, if you like retarded camp, yeah, then that whole plot line was awesome and that's fun. What, that's what the entire trilogy is. I mean, I like the idea of, you know... Um, you know, him finally fulfilling his father's legacy of becoming, you know, the Green Goblin or whatever and getting vengeance and blah, 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 blah and finally wrapping that all up. But they did that in such <coughs> a ridiculous way. Bump on the head. Oh, I'm going to steal Mary Jane. Oh, I'm going to pout and shit. I'm not going to talk to my butler for three effing movies who could have explained everything in five minutes. Well, that, that's the that's the, the basically the plot line of the entire movie. This whole trilogy could have been solved by a conversation. Yeah. He's like, hey, butler, Harry... Mary Jane, Aunt May, do you guys want to come into the same room together? <laughs> Aunt, Aunt May, I got these powers. I didn't, I didn't save Uncle Ben. I'm sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Harry, I'm sorry. Your dad actually killed himself. Butler, is this true? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and then and Mary Jane would be like, well, Peter, I mean, we got some problems, but let's try this thing. You know, what's up? <laughs> like the whole movie could have been just solved by that conversation. It was just like... To be fair, sadly, most movies can be solved by a similar conversation. Otherwise, we wouldn't have plots. That's the. I'm gonna let that slide name just one, because one. You can't do it. Okay, not on my head, smartass. But Spider-Man Three. I get. You Brand know what? Greatest. Okay, whatever uh, social media site that this podcast will be posted upon, I'm gonna register and then post a fat ass list of movies. Trust me, just read the, read the boards. Just whoever date and time, just check the boards. Vectors rings. I'm gonna give you a fat ass list of movies I can remember all in five minutes of the same conversation. Mostly romantic comedies. Mostly romantic comedies. That's that's true, but. <laughs> If, it, if if you can say Silver Linings Playbook, then I'll give you 10 points. But we'll decide that after the podcast. Actually, I'm going to agree with you right now. I'm going to give that to you. That's one point for you. I'm not ashamed in a minute. All right. So let's talk about Dark Knight Rises. Because my argument to boot was that Dark Knight Rises is pretty similar to this movie. And I'm going to say Dark, Spider-Man 3 is better than Dark Knight Rises. And Dark Knight Rises is worse than this movie. Because it had a greater fall from grace than Spider-Man 3. Uh, Dark Knight, uh, the second film in the Nolan entry, is considered by many to be one of the greatest superhero films of all time, including myself. While most people would agree that Dark Knight Rises is a complete mess of too many villains and plot lines that don't quite make sense. And an ending that is kind of open-ended, but also doesn't make sense. And the conclusion doesn't leave you satisfied at all. All in all, terrible film. Also, the introduction of Robin, which is sort of messy, and also doesn't make any sense, considering it's the last 30 seconds of this universe. Okay, um... Rebuttal. I have been silently nodding my head in agreement with that, too. I have a couple of counterpoints. First off... The introduction of Robin was supposed to be symbolic. The studio forced Nolan to dub in the John Robin Blake part at the end because they wanted to be too ambiguous for test audiences. That's studio interference. Two, the movie uh, was originally a longer cut. However, Nolan insisted on having this premiered in IMAX and primarily played in IMAX, and he filmed the vast majority of the movie in IMAX, and IMAX can only hold up to two hours and 45 minutes of film in any given particular showing. Therefore, he had to make a two-hour, 45-minute cut of the movie, thus eradicating Blade's... uh, No, I'm sorry, Blade. I wish it was Blade. Bane, equally as cool character. We're going to get to that, by the way. Um, It's backstory. 
I'm just trying to throw some little defense balls because I'm pretty sure everything else she says is going to stick. It, you're right. It had too many villains. It was a hot mess. Uh, a lot. The resolution was poor. Um, a lot of it didn't make sense. And you're right. It was a fall from grace from Dark Knight, which was a pretty baller-ass movie. I'll give you that. I personally like Batman Begins slightly better than Dark Knight, but that's my unpopular opinion. That's, from, a, that's okay. Yeah. When it comes to the fall from grace angle, I think my view on it is Spider-Man 1, to me, was a B, a B minus. It was a good, it was a cute enough entry. Then Spider-Man 2, A minus. Took it up a notch, raised the stakes, brought everything together, tried to just, you know, raise it up to a whole new level. Spider-Man 3, crap. Totally went down to like a C minus, maybe a C, and only an enjoyable and so bad it's good kind of way. And there's some pretty baller ass special effects. Dark Knight's trilogy, first one for me, A, solid A. Not perfect, but damn near pretty good. Then Dark Knight, Dark Knight itself was a B plus, and Dark Knight Rises, B minus, C plus. But you see, it, it failed, and it went significantly lower than Dark Knight, but it's still higher than Spider-Man 3, you see what I'm saying? Like, it may have failed, but it was doing so much more. It was trying to be some something... It, it failed at... It tried to do too many things, and it was trying to be too epic, and it just... The, the grasp exceeded its reach... But it tried a lot harder. It failed harder. But I give it points for trying. Bane was dope. And some of the set pieces were cool. And I love Catwoman. I do agree with your last few points. That Bane was pretty great. Except that he wasn't the mastermind that he, he, he should have been. So I felt like they took, they took a little bit away from him. Valid point. Um, excellent casting with all of the villains. I uh, didn't really like the twist. I was up there with uh, Iron Man three. <laughs> actually, that was that was the same trick. Basically, they're like, "Huh, ah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the villain you thought I was." Twist. I think this podcast is just going to reveal how all superhero trilogies follow the exact same templates to the poor twist, the terrible part threes, the stakes raising part twos. A lot of similarities. Keep going. But but yeah, it, it did it did too much. It. And I didn't like the fact that Batman gave up. He's like, you know what? I hate being Batman. I'm just going to stay in my house and become like Howard Hughes. <laughs> yeah, so he, Batman's just been pissing in jars and like had, had, had his feet in Kleenex boxes. And then Catwoman breaks into his house. This is garbage. Oh, man. Garbage. <laughs> okay, I'm going to help. I know I'm supposed to be defending Dark Knight Rises, but I'm going to give you a point here. And I'll tell you why. Nolan has a bad trait of doing one thing in his movies, cramming down exposition in places that don't need it. And in that particular scene where she broke into his house, it was prefaced by a scene where people at his like dinner party were like, oh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been seen for eight years. He's like living like a vagrant. I hear he pisses in jars, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fool, how do you guys know all this shit about the most private billionaire possibly on earth? Like, how are you privy to all this? And that's subtext that he's doing freaky things with the help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that's a deleted scene that should have made the IMAX cut. Yeah, that's, a, that's some fan fiction I've been writing. But <laughs> Nolan, Nolan also has, I think he has a weird thing in his movies about scary women. So I think he, maybe he, I don't know if he's been through like a horrible divorce in his past. Hmm. But I don't know if he noticed that as well. Actually, now that you mention that, if, if you, you think, see what you're saying. If you think about like Inception and Dark Knight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huh. And the absence of a mother in Interstellar. Weird. I'm gonna. I like a lot of Nolan's filmology. I'm gonna probably rewatch it and then come back with a thesis about he's secretly saying that women. Uh, 
He's saying something. Yeah, he's saying something. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. But yeah. he seems to be like either scared of women or something like that. I don't know. We should... Uh, I'm going to start stalking him online and Wikipedia's life and maybe find that there's some traumatic event. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> so... so so what what do you think after we've had this conversation? Do you think that Dark Knight is up there with Spider Man Three, or do you see what I'm saying? Well, or do, or would you disagree that they're both disappointing franchise entries? I'm going to give you a partial point on this, but and then I'm going to have a closing statement about the Dark Knight Rises. They do share a lot of the same flaws. I'll give you that. Their few breeze just smothered them to the point where they could no longer be taken seriously, and they tried too hard at things they didn't need to try. Having said that. The Dark Knight Rises does things that Spider-Man 3 can never do. The set pieces were well choreographed, clear, not heavy on CGI, had real weight and depth to them. The fight with Bane and and Batman in the, uh, the I don't know, the underground chamber, whatever you want to call it, where he broke his back, was fucking badass. Yeah. I just swore I don't give a shit. That was badass. Um, let's see, Catwoman was a subtle integration of a new character um, she had her own verb and take on the character that wasn't too campy I mean Catwoman by itself is campy as it is and and the costumes were a little weird and ridiculous her having that visor thing that went up to represent the ears or whatever that was stupid I give you that she's like oh I'm gonna wear this tech helmet but I'm gonna have it up halfway half the time who the <laughs> fuck does that Who are, what kind of cat burger are you and then um, the Robin thing yeah that was ham fisted and the cop thing about all the cops going underground, I thought was the stupidest plot twist of all time. Because in what universe do you think having all your cops in one underground location is a smart idea ever? And then, okay, fine, I'm, I'm going to start listing potholes. Then, how did Batman get the damn bat signal on the bridge so damn quick? How did he recover from having his back broken in four, uh, four months? Um, wouldn't the U.S. government have intervened at this point? What happened to John Blake during that period? Um, how come his finances were never recouped even though they could prove that it was insider fraud? Um, how come uh, Lucius Fox was still helping uh, Miranda Tate? Did she keep him prisoner? Was he collaborating with her the whole damn time? <laughs> like, I'm just, this is just off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure if he really went into it, you could probably just pick that whole movie apart. But I just feel like it tried harder. It, they had the Nolan tone, which really carries a lot of the stupid parts. I give you that. As a matter of fact, I almost want to give you the point on a technicality because Nolan is smarter than that and therefore shouldn't play so stupid. Like, he's done better work, so he should know what a plot hole looks like. He should know what a ridiculous situation is. He shouldn't be forcing these characters into these convoluted-ass situations for the sake of, you know, making the movie, you know, two and a half hours or though. Spider-Man 3, though, I want you to explain some stuff to me because, I'm not going to lie, it's been a little long since I've seen it, but I do remember the highlights and the points. And all I remember was just one basic thing about that damn movie. Every scene was just unnecessary. Hit The whole subplot with Mary Jane being like, Oh, yeah, I'm totally jealous of Spider-Man's admiration, even though no one really knows it's Peter, and I suck as an actress, but I'm taking it out on him. That was just whatever. And then fucking Aunt May losing money. And then the biggest part that pissed me off about Spider-Man 3, and I'll end with that, is the whole tying together the Sandman with the whole Peter making peace with the robber that killed Uncle Ben was so far-fetched that I couldn't buy that for a second. There's no way in effing hell, even the comic book universes, where the dude that randomly, and we saw the guy in the first movie, by the way, who shot Uncle Ben. Yeah, retcon. Yeah, hella retcon. So retcon. I mean, truthfully, retcons are a spirit of comic books, but not in movies, damn it. Not so soon. Not in the same continuity. And the same guy randomly him, and then you finally get up to him, and you find out that the damn robber has a heart of gold, and you're like, you know what? 
it's all right, man. It's cool that you totally destroyed my life and that you had to make me reevaluate the condition of human nature. But it's okay because you got a little daughter. Let's turn the sand in the way, man. It's cool. All I want to do, man, is just smack whoever thought that was a good idea. Just a little hands hat. Nothing too hard. I just feel like Dark Knight Rises tried harder to be something better, and it, it failed. They both had a handful of scenes of, of scenes that don't make any sense. The whole time, I mean, I enjoy both movies as far as just watching them. Yeah. But the whole time in Dark Knight Rises, I'm wondering, where is Batman? It should be called John Blake Rises. One theme I'm noticing in our conversation is you don't tend to like movies, well, superhero movies, and I agree with you, where they have very little of the actual superhero in it. I agree with you. The first Spider-Man had borderline no Spider-Man in it. And Dark Knight Rises, again, had borderline no Batman. I can understand that. My don't lie to me. I didn't buy the ticket to see John Blake. What is this yeah. bullshit, man? <laughs> I don't go to Burger King for the buns. That's about, that, That's an excellent metaphor, actually. Okay. And I don't really go to Burger King. That's just a good metaphor. Yeah, no. Who goes to Burger King? <laughs> Burger King can eat a dick. Unless, unless you want to pay us. Yeah, man. It's all about Chick-fil-A, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're too, they're too right-wing for this part. I was actually about to point that out. Oh, okay. I'm conflicted. Who do we endorse? Whoever wants to pay us. Yeah, it's true. I'm selling out. For the record, not Chick-fil-A. First chance, but not Chick-fil-A. Yeah. But I hear it's delicious, though. (laughs) It is, though. It is. (laughs) Especially their sauce. But let's continue. Um, So I would like to hear your thoughts about why you felt Spider-Man 3 is a worthier movie than Dark Knight Rises, or at least Dark Knight Rises failed harder. Uh, Because Dark Knight Rises had way more potential than Spider-Man 3. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it it had the in- ingredients there. It just kind of put the pieces together wrong. The source material that Dark Knight Rises was pulling from is amazing. He uses pieces from uh, No Man's Land. Oh, which which is when a bunch of villains take over Gotham and it's kind of closed off from the rest, yeah, the rest, the rest of the, the rest of the country. And, and all the villains there are just kind of like uh, having a kind of a. a, a piecing things together and just they, they take over the town basically like the cops have an area that they run and different villains from different parts of the city mm-hmm. so that's a cool storyline which heavily influenced this movie mm-hmm. uh, also takes pieces from, from uh, some other classic Batman storylines like uh, Nightfall that's which, true uh, I have Batman, read that one Batman gets his back broken mm-hmm. I thought the, the, too many things were there Nightfall is enough Nightfall yeah a straight adaptation of Nightfall would have been a better movie I mean, they would have to take some things out. We don't need really Azrael. Yeah. But anyway, I'm getting too much detail for people who don't really care about comic books. <laughs> Just go to your local e-reader store or whatever the hell and get these graphic novels. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good books. They are good. But basically, what I'm saying is, you would agree that Batman Begins and Dark Knight are better than Spider-Man One and Two, correct? Oh yeah. Right. So that's that's basically what I'm saying is that it it had it was more disappointing. That's why that's why I think Dark Knight Rises is the worst film. Be- because they're 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 like on a higher echelon, a higher tier mm-hmm. of superhero film than Spider-Man one and two, and maybe it's unfair to compare them. But they're only similar in the fact that they're superhero films that have different tonalities. But I think the the Nolan verse is much more well constructed than the Raimi verse. Hmm. I can't disagree with anything you just said. To the point where I'm not gonna can I'm not gonna give you the win, but I will say one thing that I think is probably the the most I'm willing to give. I think they're now on the same level of bad in different ways, if that's okay with you. I still can't stand to watch Spider-Man 3 in any serious context other than camp, but I agree that Nolan done fell off. That's, And I'm not surprised. The studio forced him basically to make that movie so he can make Interstellar. 
I mean, I know why. I mean, I don't blame him for it. I, yeah. thought, I thought Interstellar was cool. Yeah, except for that twist ending. What about it? I've seen it, but are we gonna have an argument about this? What, spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert for, for yeah, for a year and a half movie. Um, Books. The, the scene Book where bookshelves, man. Yeah, no, that scene. No, I'm sorry. The movie had me really sold, and then the power of love is the secret to interdimensional time travel. I'm sorry, but I find that to be hokey bullshit. I didn't really expect a lot. People told me to be disappointed by this movie, so then when I finally did see it, I'm like, oh, okay. And it did give, give me feels. I'm not gonna. No, it's pretty gonna, good. I thought it was an emotional story, but I thought that that plot was. I thought the science is so rock solid. I even saw Neil deGrasse Tyson <coughs> go through the movie on a YouTube video a year later, discussing how the science is rock solid. And then that part, we both were just like, Nolan got really touchy feely out of nowhere. So maybe I can see where you're coming from because you were on like a different level of expectation. Mm-hmm. But people, people had told me. I've heard a lot of different varying opinions. Like, hey, it was okay. Or it wasn't great from from people who I who I really really trust their their opinions on movies. Mm-hmm. So it was presented to me on a mediocre platter. So ah, when they I did, undersold it. Yeah. So when they did see it, I'm like, this this is pretty okay, and it was entertaining. No, overall, I thought it was a solid movie. That one aspect didn't work for me, but everything else, I'd give a solid B, B plus. It's pretty much what I expected. It was like space interstellar. Yeah, and that's it, all. Space. I mean, sorry, space inception. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Spaceception. That's what Spaceception. it was. Spaceception. That's all, that's all it was. You do I, this. I just, I just want some cool visuals <laughs> and, a plot, and a plot twist. We have to write that script. No, no, Nolan is a, he's a modern day Shyamalan, but that's but that's good. That's that's all that's he all he is. That's all he is. No, I'm sorry. We he's, need to give him a better title. He's Chinese Shyamalan. That's what he is. He's better than the comparison to Shyamalan. He's like no, I, should, I mean he's he's, he's like a, he's a he's a wannabe Kubrick, but that's still better than any modern day Shyamalan. He's Chinese Shyamalan, but Shyamalan didn't become terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that because he's not great. But he's I don't hate Shyamalan. I just feel like he really fell off. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But he's Shyamalan. He, I mean, he had his hits. Yeah, I recently and, and, and you kind of respect those hits. It's kind of like Nelly. <laughs> yeah, that one hit album, and then everyone just kind of forgot about him. Yeah. By the way, because people people still <laughs> listen to Hot in Here. Hot in Here is unbreakable. <laughs> well, that's also because that's a Neptune's beat, and the Neptune's beats never die. Overrated. Dude, we're having so many disagreements right ne- now. Next episode, I'm, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about top five producers. The episode we're going to record tomorrow night. So. That is an actual thing I could actually add some real weight to because I actually have a top five list. That's not even a joke. I went to music school for a little bit or audio production school at a community college. But anyway, and that is a topic I've thought about long and hard. I'm going to think about it long and hard because i got to make my list. Check it twice. Cause I ain't gonna be nice. I'm gonna talk to you about it after after the show. Yeah, but let's let's wrap it up. All right. Well, um, what would you like me to say? I've never done one of these before. Oh well, this is part of the show where I tell everybody to follow the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Music, Instagram, Twitter at the Flamingo Five, and don't forget to email the show your questions at flamingosilhouette at gmail.com this has been your host Panther5000 thanks for listening thanks for being my host Spectre's Rings and as always two up two down thanks for listening goodbye